Hello and welcome to another episode of Having a Chat. My name is Tommy Kasher. And today, I'm chatting with Nicola Carey. I can't believe I've got access to an elite athlete this close to when they're playing. Nicola, you're playing... Well, you're in the squad, actually. I haven't seen the team sheet. I'm sure you haven't either. Neither. No, I haven't seen it either. <laughs> but you're, um, you're currently in... Uh, the squad with the women's team who are, you know, up in... Where are you now? Are you in Cairns? Nah, we're in Brisbane at the moment, so we'll spend a week here sort of getting some training in and then we'll head up to Mackay. Um, yeah, nice. So, mate, first question I always roll with is, what do you have for breakfast? That? Well, that's a good question. I literally just came back from brekkie, so I went with um, some poached eggs on toast with some ham and there was a little bit of halloumi on the side as well. Oh. And coffee, of course. Halloumi said, okay, first of all, what's your coffee order? How do you have your coffee? It's just a cappuccino. You don't ever change it up from a cappuccino? Nah, why? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I've only recently come across to coffee from the hot chocolates. So I started my first foray into the coffee was with a mocha. And then I've I've gone into piccolo's. Wow, that's a big change. It is. It is a big that's change. That's quite the progression, isn't it? <laughs> it is, but I just feel like there's too much milk in a latte. What's a cappuccino? Yeah. What's a cappuccino? It's like, it's kind of like a latte with a bit of on top. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, too much milk, I reckon, for me. Yeah, nah, I... I quite like the milk. I don't think I could do a pickle. I think they're quite a bit strong for me. But you do, yeah, I just same as you. I did the classic progression of like started with the mocha yep. and gradually went to like a proper coffee with the sugar, and then we got to where we are today, which is still just a cappuccino. So not the piccolo yet. So is what you had for breakfast today? Is that like a standard breakfast for you when you're on tour and like you know in the kind of in season kind of prep? Yeah, I. Yeah, I'm not too fancy with my brekkie, so like poached eggs is probably a, a fairly standard um, meal when I'm, when I'm away. I, I don't mind a toasted sandwich as well. I've sort of gone through a phase lately where I've gone the ham, cheese, tomato, toasted sandwich. Um, so it's, yeah, it's kind of just what I feel like on the day, which isn't overly adventurous. What about, what's your relationship with food in terms of, I'm always fascinated with like elite, elite athletes. I'm assuming you, you guys don't have like meal plans prepared for you. It's kind of when you're at home, you fend for yourself and you've just got to keep yourself in check. But do you have a good relationship with food? Um, is a good relationship like one of like, are we talking like, <laughs> do I just eat lots of healthy food or is like, <laughs> you tell me. Um, well, I mean, I'm happy with my relationship with food. I don't know if the dietitian would be happy with that. It's, <laughs> Yeah, we've got free reign over what we do. Um, yeah, yeah, we're not we're not sort of policed, and um, I certainly am not on a meal plan. Although maybe at times I should be, but um, yeah, do you know what my go to at the moment is? I've been doing a bit of Marley spoons. So oh yeah, okay. We'll just plug them, just you know, in case someone from Marley spoons is listening. But um, been doing that a few times a week because it's so easy <laughs> when you get home and you don't have to think about what you're eating. You don't have to go to the shops because I hate going to the shops after training. Yeah, and it's basically you follow the instructions and then you're there, and it's actually. Pretty nice. Have you ever got into meal prepping? Because I hate going to the shops too. I only go once on a Sunday and then I usually spend a Sunday avo meal prepping. But the downside of that is you've got to have the same thing for lunch for the next five days, which I'm kind of okay with. Could you deal with that? 
I could deal with it, but my organisational skills are horrific. My time management is <laughs> fairly poor, so I'm definitely not meal prepping. Like it sounds like the theory of it is fantastic, but I've never actually brought myself to do it because I'm so unorganised that it just it never eventuates. Okay. All right. So we've got an insight into you as a person in terms of your organizational skills. So mess. for context, you're obviously playing Tassie in the playing cricket for Tassie in the uh, WNCL and you're with the Hurricanes in the WBBL as well as playing for Australia. What does your off season look lo- like? And is the last get the last game you played was that in New Zealand in April? Yeah, so, yep, so we went straight into off-season from those games um, in New Zealand. Yep. Um, ideally, in the off-season, I'd like to sort of tack on a holiday nice and early because you saw that those first couple of weeks are like, they're like you can have proper downtime and then you sort of got to get back into being somewhat of an athlete at the back end of your leave. So, yeah, I went to Queensland um, for a couple of weeks, I think it was at the start, because um, obviously we can't really go overseas at the moment given the current climate. So, yeah, I'd like to tack on a little holiday and then I'd kind of like to get back home and then see my family. They're all in Sydney, um, so I'd like to go back and see them and um, fairly relaxing back end of the six weeks off. So in terms of being a domestic and international cricketer, what does that look like? Obviously, you're from Sydney. You're playing yeah. for Tassie and Hobart. So have you permanently moved down there and you like have a rental down there, you live down there, and then in the off-season you come back up and see your family? Is that how you roll? Yeah. So, yeah, I've had a place. I bought a place down in Tassie um, about ooh, 18 months ago. So, yeah, per- permanent resident in um, Tassie at the moment. Nice. So, yeah, like I like to I like to get back and see my family when I can. Um, it's usually during the sort of off-season or the pre-season period where you're consistently sort of in the one place. Um, yeah, I haven't really been able to get back to see them at the moment because it's pretty hectic, as you'd be aware. But, yes. um yeah, I'd sort of tack on some little weekends here and there when I can. Is Tassie what you thought it would be before you moved down there? Because I've only been lucky enough to get to Tassie once and that was like over a Christmas, New Year period a few years ago. But from what I've seen, it's beautiful. And I, in terms of the current climate of Australia now, it's one of the lucky places to be with no restrictions and everything. Yeah, nah, it is a it is a beautiful place. It's kind of funny because if you'd asked me probably, I don't know, four years ago, would you ever live in Tassie? My answer would be absolutely not. Um, <laughs> we obviously, we, we used to travel down here a bit for domestic cricket and it's always it was always freezing, so yep. that really put me off and that was purely just how cold it was. I was just off Tasmania because of the weather. But having moved down here, it's actually um, surprised me um, and how much I actually do enjoy it down here. It's obviously very different to Sydney, a lot more relaxed. Everything's so close. I love that everything's – if something's over 15 minutes away, you sit there and you're like, oh, that's so far away. But it used to take me a good 45 minutes on a good day to get to training in Sydney. So I, can't, I don't know how I've got to that point. But I, it is beautiful down here. And yeah. I'm kind of in the same boat. So I'm from Melbourne originally, but I've moved to Newcastle. And people in Newcastle go, oh, 15 minutes, that's so far. And in like Melbourne and Sydney traffic, you're like, an hour is what you sometimes have to sit in. But it's the quiet kind of, I guess, the big regional, I guess, Newcastle and, and Tassie are kind of, I mean, Hobart are kind of the same in terms of they get referred to as like a big country town sometimes. It's nice. It's nice, a nice change from the big metro cities. Yeah, I love it. It's so good. Like, it's so relaxed. And yeah, like, it's, it's funny how quickly you get used to being that person that says 15 minutes is far away. It didn't take me long at all to jump on that bandwagon, so... Um, yeah, then when you go back to Sydney, you're like, oh, this traffic's even more horrific than I remember. 
So, how pumped are you now that cricket's back? So, obviously, as I mentioned at the start, you're in the Aussie squad taking on India. You've got three ODIs, a test, and then three T20s with the first ODI on Tuesday, which is so great that cricket's going to be back on our screens. But how pumped are you to have cricket back? I'm very excited because it's been a long pre-season. Uh, That's probably my least favourite part of the year. Pre-season in Tassie, very cold, <laughs> a lot of running. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I'm really excited. This uh, series is um, getting off the ground and, and India can come out and yeah join us for this series, I suppose. So, yeah, different format than what we've played um, against these guys. It's usually what we play in the Ashes. So it's really cool that we can sort of, um, yeah, another test match in the agenda for this summer. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing how it all pans out. You mentioned the test match. So it's actually the first women's test match between Australia and India in 15 years. Is that the way that you see the game going, that you do have more of these series where it's a combination of ODIs, tests, and T20s? Well, I hope so. It makes it, like, it, yeah, obviously we don't play a lot of test matches, do we? Yep. So I think before this it was we'd play England, you know, once every two years in an Ashes series that consisted of this, you know, test match that was so rare and it's sort of like, how do you go about it? So, yeah, I think it's really cool that sort of India have jumped on board and, um, yeah, like if other if other countries were happy to sort of jump on board and, and get into this format style, it makes it really exciting sort of for the whole series because usually we'll go three ODIs, that's a separate series, three T20s, that's a separate series in itself. But this is actually like the whole the whole thing is one big series and like every game matters. So you kind of, you can't switch off at any point and it makes it really interesting. And then to throw the test match in there is sort of really different for us. So it makes it quite intriguing. How do you think your game will translate from playing the short form to the longer form? Oh, I've got no idea. I've, I haven't <laughs> played any. Um, I haven't played. I haven't played a test match before, um, so it's quite interesting. Like, yeah, for us, it's sort of the you can't really change too much for this one game that you play once every blue moon. It's sort of a, a very similar prep to what we'd sort of do for the um, shorter format stuff. And they might just throw in a pink ball um, <laughs> at your yeah. training sessions to get the girls ready. I know the girls jumped out of two weeks of quarantine and the first session back was some pink ball work on um, some green seamers. So were I they hooping they everywhere? Were, oh, they were sort of, yeah, they were doing all sorts and the coaches were on the wangers and oh, it, was, it wasn't it was great. I got hit a couple of times, so I wasn't really into that. But um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I've never played, so I don't actually know how I would go in a test match, but um, yeah, if I haven't got an opportunity, it'd be good fun. So that test match is a day-night test match on the Gold Coast with a pink ball. So hopefully we can yeah. get a huge crowd there, but how glad are you that the ODIs are going to be taking place in Mackay and not in freezing cold Tassie? You plan to work on your tan? <laughs> I'm very... When people are like, oh, are you looking forward to going to the series? And my first thing is like, yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting to some warmer weather. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, when they said it was... Originally, it was supposed to be in Melbourne, so, you know, that's not that much warmer. But then when it got... Brought up to Queensland. I was very happy about that. I'm not sure how the tan's going to go. Um, I'll, I might get a nice T-shirt tan. That's usually what you get in summer. But, um, yeah, we'll see how that goes over the next couple of weeks. Do you reckon there's any girls in the squad who are likely to work on their tan? Like on days off, be at the beach, trying to sun themselves to get themselves good for the, looking good for the gram? Oh, do you know, the one person that I would I would think would do that would be Megan Shoe, but she's not here. She's not here on this series. So she often likes to roll up the sleeves. Yeah, okay. um, and I don't know whether that's a tanning thing or she just likes her arms a lot. I think it's actually more B than A, but um, she'd be the one that you'd catch, I reckon, down at the beach. Yeah. Barely anything on sunning herself, but the tan's not that good anyway. So I don't know, <laughs> she may as well just not do it. 
<laughs> oh, savage. Love it. Um, in terms of not playing a lot of test matches, do you think the progression of women's cricket in Australia is in a good place, even though, as you mentioned, you're playing tests every, you know, once in a blue moon, really? Are you happy with the way the game is progressing? Yeah, I think so. I think if you look domestically within Australia, um, we've now got the WBBL, which would it, it would be the leading T20 domestic um, competition in the world. Um, we get a lot of internationals that come over and want to play in this tournament because, yeah, it's, it's the one to be in. Um, so I think if you look at that and then sort of how you look at the Australian team and sort of the, you know, how well we're going at the minute and, um, yeah, that's... I think that's going well and, you know, we can always build on that and keep pushing that, pushing the game forward in that space. And I guess with the um, test matches, I guess you've got to rely on other countries to sort of come to the party as mm. well. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know a lot about their sort of domestic setups overseas. Yep. Um, I know England have, you know, got the 100 and they're sort of walking and, and their team's really good as well and India are really good and um, New Zealand are, are good as well. So I guess it sort of comes back domestically to their setups and um, how they're pushing the game forward as well because obviously you need two teams to play these games and, um, yeah, we just – if, yeah, other countries want to come to the party with the test matches, I think that would be awesome. So, obviously, you're one of – I mean, with your skill, you're very fortunate that you're able to play for Australia as well as WNCL and WBBL. Do a lot of your teammates who play WNCL who don't then get a contract with Australia, do they have – jobs that they do like in the middle part of the year um i think it varies amongst different teams and different people i know there are people in wncl um in other teams that you know they do work part-time yep. um, outside of the game as well so yeah i guess that's an area that i i hope that we can sort of work on a little bit with our domestic cricketers um in sort of getting our game to a to a space where they don't have to go and work mm. part-time or um, yeah, they can pursue a career in cricket and, you know, they don't have to worry about sort of the financial side of things. Um, so there are there are certainly girls that do work part-time um, to sort of, you know, top up their income or, or make sure they're looking after what they're going to do post-cricket. So it just, it just varies on the athlete, I suppose. And I guess that's the goal, that we can get to a place eventually that, like you said, we can reward our athletes as they deserve to be rewarded with their... And I guess that all come back to advertising, getting it on TV, getting it on Fox and KO, which has been really good and hopefully it can grow from there. But the WNCL was meant to start, I've got some notes here, it was meant to start on September 23, but due to ongoing yeah. COVID restrictions in Sydney and Melbourne, it's been delayed until December 16, which is after the yeah. WBBL, which runs from October to November, and the first 20 games of the WBBL are now in Tassie. Did you have a tough time keeping up with all the changes and this is moving to here and this is delayed to there? I'm sort of used to it now. You sort of, you take everything with a grain of salt these days. So they obviously have to put out a fixture um, and that's obviously their ideal situation. And then, um, you know, with COVID, how it is, things change really quickly. So you sort of see things and then you hear whispers that things are going to change and then, um, yeah, it's usually not. It's usually really close to when things are about to happen that you sort of finally get a bit of um, certainty on, on where you're going and what's happening. But um, I mean, when I saw that the fixtures were starting in Tassie um, <laughs> for the first twenty games, I was actually really stoked about that. But I think it'll be really good for everyone because, as you mentioned earlier, Tassie's 
really good at the moment, um, touch wood. Um, and, you know, we don't really have any COVID down there. So for the girls to be able to get down there, yeah, they might have to quarantine for a couple of weeks, which isn't ideal. But once they're out of quarantine, they can they can live freely and they shouldn't have any restrictions. So I think that's sort of an ideal situation. So are you not a player that kind of stresses too much about those things, like where you're playing, what day it might be, what time it might start, given the current environment with COVID? I guess all athletes have had to kind of just adapt to this new normal. Have you struggled at all? Uh, I haven't struggled. Like I'm, I'm coming from a really good place in Tassie, so I sort of, I get to go about my life, you know, as per usual. And um, yeah, I suppose dates are changing and whatnot. And yeah, people want to know where they're going and um, sooner rather than later. But I also understand that it's really hard and I don't envy the people that have to sort of pick up and try and find another venue and whatnot to get these games going. So um, it doesn't stress me out too much um, at the moment. I'll say at the moment. depends <laughs> if they start changing things last, last minute. I'll, I'll get back to you. But yeah. at the moment, I'm not too stressed about it because I kind of just wait and I just get told what to do and I just go and do it. So yeah, okay. it makes my life pretty easy, actually. Have you had to quarantine a few times over the last 12, 18 months with cricket? No, I've been very lucky. The only quarantine I had to do was um, when we went over to New Zealand. We had that um, two weeks quarantine over there. But um, yeah, we were, we were quite lucky. We got um, we got to train during that time. So um, yes, we weren't out and about in the community, but we sort of still got to get out and um, run around a little bit in that two weeks. So um, yeah, I think I was quite lucky in that regard because I know a few people have um, had to do some, some strict quarantine and um, yeah, it's not their favourite thing. So yeah, I'm quite lucky. If you were forced to quarantine more frequently, what would you have yeah. spent your time doing, do you reckon? Would you have like clocked more things on Netflix? Would you have done a million puzzles? What do you reckon you would have done? No, I'm not a puzzle person. I wouldn't I wouldn't even bring a puzzle into quarantine. <laughs> yeah, me either. I reckon <laughs> I reckon Netflix would get a good workout. I reckon I would get through a few series on Netflix. I might try try and read although i'd probably bring you know a book or two into read and then i wouldn't touch it because i'd be on netflix the whole time i'd probably get us i actually did get a sore neck last time i was in quarantine because i probably was watching too much netflix and that wasn't even strict so i can only imagine how i roll out of two weeks strict quarantine it wouldn't be good what are you watching on netflix at the moment um what am i watching oh i just recently finished a series atypical um i don't know if you've heard of that yeah i've seen it i've never watched it good yeah, it's good. It's like sort of like a, I don't know, it's, they're, they're short term. It's like not even 30-minute episodes. Oh, good. Like you can literally just like roll through them. Um, yeah, it's just like a little American family and sort of just um, the son's autistic and it sort of follows his life through okay. like going through school, but it's quite funny. And then they've got a daughter who's just, yeah, it, it's good. I would recommend it. Okay. I, I do love a 20-minute episode compared to the like 40 50-minute episodes where you really have to concentrate. Something that can be on in the background where I can look at my phone and still get what's going on, that's my ideal show. That's what I need. What's your, what's your recommendation? Uh, I mean, it's old, but New Girl on Netflix is always a go-to for me. Seinfeld on Stan. Um, just those easy-to-watch ones. Like <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I mentioned, Nicola, before we started recording that uh, in my research, I came across that at your year 10 high school formal, you were voted as the class clown. 
Have you pulled any great locker room pranks on teammates that you can share with us? Nah, I'm I've, maybe I've grown up a little bit since my year ten formal. <laughs> okay. um, <laughs> I'm not I'm not a huge prankster. I think if yeah, the, the pranks are in the team here is Elisa Healy. I actually remember okay. one time I couldn't find my shoes, right? I was in the chain. We were at Monica Oval, couldn't find my shoes, and I'm thinking like, we're about to leave. Like, I really need my shoes back. Anyway, worked out the midge had taken them, but I didn't know where she where she put them. So it turned into a game of, like, you know, Nick, find your shoes. And it was almost like that hot, cold game. Like, you're getting hot, you get, like, cold. Anyway, she we figured out. She'd eventually literally, like, taped them to the roof of the change room. Like, proper taped them to the roof. She thought it was the funniest thing ever. Um, so... I don't do the pranks. I got I get pranked, um, but fortunately I found my shoes and we moved on. But um, yeah, it midges your prank stuff. How did she tape them to the roof? Well, she she the physio because it was above the physio. Bed, oh yeah, okay. Have a ridiculous amount of tape. Yeah. Um, and too bad if someone actually needed their ankle straps because <laughs> they probably wouldn't be able to get it strapped after I looked at how much tape she used. So she just got like the I don't know, yes, yeah, some physio tape and like wrapped it. I couldn't even see the shoes. It looked like a big bag. Yeah. In the on the thing, I'm like she. It was secure. It was never falling down. So yeah, that's where she got it from. That's a good one. Have you got any others that Elisa has pulled on other people? That's great. Well, there was an occasion where she um, may have put a bit of um, shaving cream on the coach's car, um, on the on the door handle, on the windscreen. Because <laughs> this was many years ago. Like, I'm talking quite a few years ago. We were a bit younger. We thought it was hilarious. But then when I look back on it now, I think, oh, geez, that was a bit risky, wasn't it? Like, what were we thinking? But it was hilarious. The coach blew up. Like, she absolutely lost it. But, I mean, I still think it was worth it to this day. But, yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> it was a lot. It's all for team bonding. And now you've got those memories you can talk about. Like, that's great. I feel like a lot of worse stuff goes on at local clubs. Yeah. And the fact that you can still, you know what I mean, have your own version of that fun in such a professional environment is so important. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm all for like, anything that turns into a good story. I'm all about it. Maybe this time it's a bit risky, but it always turns into a good story. So I reckon it's worth it. No, definitely. Um, in my research, I also came across that now that you're in Tassie, you love going for walks and listening to your podcasts. Do you have any podcast recommendations? What are you listening to at the moment? Yeah, I don't. I haven't actually gone for. I actually haven't done that in, in a while. Um, but my go-to was. Um, do you know the Howie Games, Mark Howard? Yeah, yeah, great series. Yeah, so yeah, so I don't know. I really liked his podcast. He did like he obviously does a lot of really in-depth um, interviews with sort of like a number of different athletes. So I find them really interesting because you get a really good like. Like he basically just goes through their whole life and mm. um, sort of their sporting career as well. So I always find them really interesting. So those are my go-to. Um, yeah, when I'm going for a, for a nice little walk in crisp, cold Tassie. <laughs> I had um I had Sally Ann Briggs on the podcast last year. So next time you run into Sally Ann, tell her I say hi. She was a great guest. <laughs> I'll let her know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess finally. The thing oh, I was going to start with this and I didn't. Damn. Um, the thing I wanted to. I've got a bit of a bone to pick. So your last Instagram post was March. Oh yeah. And it was. It looked like it was a sponsored post. It looks like you got a TV and you tagged them in it. And I was like, oh, I should go to TV. But March and then the one before that was November. 
Mate, you've got 15,000 yeah. followers. There's a lot of people who are interested in what you're doing. You need to work mm. on that. What's going on? Yeah, I know. I Look, you're not the first person to tell me this. I actually sometimes get messages in, like, my message request telling me to post more. Like, people are annoyed at me that I don't <laughs> post enough. But, like... And like the thing, like my social game is awful. Like you're right. I don't. My my posts are infrequent. They're they're not that great to start with. Um, but then I'm like, well, what am I? What do you want? I'm, what do the people want? Do you know what I mean? It's hard to keep everyone happy, isn't it? That's fair. I mean, are you not? A, you mentioned when we had some audio issues at the start of this. You're not an IT savvy person. Are you not tech savvy? Like, are you not the kind of person that's on their phone twenty four seven? I'm on my phone 24-7, but I've got no idea how to like – you know how people get real fancy with their posts and like like edit their things and like know how to use all the fun filters on Instagram and stuff? I've got no idea. Like if I'm taking a photo or a video, it is the most basic thing. There's no fancy filters. It's literally this is what it is and here's a terrible caption and like let's move on. So – it's pretty boring stuff. I don't know. Is that what people want? Like the boring stuff? I can't get into like the TikTok. The girls talk about TikTok all the time and I I don't even know what that is. <laughs> next time, next time Elisa pulls a prank on someone, just rip your phone out, film that. That's the kind of content people want. Fun, behind the scenes. We want to see what the life of an Australian cricketer is like, you know? We want to live through you right. and see how cool it is. I'll clip. All right, I'll <laughs> I'll clip some of this video up and I'll put it on socials. Then maybe if you share it, then everyone will go, yeah. oh, yeah, that's what Nicola's been up to. She did a podcast. That's <laughs> awesome. I'm going to go listen. <laughs> um, uh, mate, thank you so much for your time. I'm imagining you've got to get to training and stuff. I don't want to take too much of your time, but just want to say good luck for the series against India. We've got three ODIs, a test, and three T20s. And the first ODI is in uh where is it where are we playing Mackay. Mackay. first odi is in Mackay. i've got too many notes here and i lost where that specific detail was first odi is in Mackay on tuesday starts at 10 30 so make yes. sure we're all tuning in supporting the girls but nicola carey thank you so much for having a chat no worries thank you very much for having me